Happy New Year, everybody. It is time for a brand new GM show on the Penguins Radio Network. Alongside Penn's General Manager, Ron Hextall, I am Josh Getzoff. Ron, uh, Happy New Year, and thanks as always for being here. Happy New Year to you as well. Great to have you on. And eight wins in a row for your Penguins. Um, the most recent uh, wild one, as people who are familiar with Pittsburgh know, the Kennywood uh, Amusement Park has the roller coaster called the Jack Rabbit. <laughs> goes up and down. It's a wooden roller coaster. It's bumpy. That kind of was the game on uh, Sunday. Great start. A little bit of a rocky road in between and obviously a strong finish for the Penguins. But uh, you get two points coming out of an extended break. That has to mean something. Yeah, yeah it does. And it, it's, it's, it's always hard. We get up to a 6-1 to lead the first period. I mean, it's, it's always it's human, human nature just to let down there. And I actually thought the second period, I was a little bit worried about the second period. And we, you know, we were, we were decent in the second period. And then the third period, we got what I thought we might get in the second. It's, uh, you don't like it. Um, certainly we had to learn from it, but um, it's one of those things that that the other team starts pushing, they get a lucky goal at the start of the period, and things start to go the other way all of a sudden, and now we're back on our heels and we're not playing our game. So then we had to kind of get our back on our toes and get going again and end up finishing it out. But it's certainly we were excited about the win, but we weren't excited about the way we won. This Penguins team has established themselves, particularly in this eight-game win streak, as one of the better defensive teams in the league. But then you look at a game like that, 13 goals total, 8-5. It's got to bring you back a little bit to the mid-'80s, late-'80s types of style of games and scores that we saw. Well, yeah, I get a few nightmares here in Pittsburgh, too. Don't kid yourself. Yager and Lemieux and company, it wasn't exactly easy coming into Pitts. So I know all about those games. Yeah, those games, uh, high scoring, that one high scoring in the Penguins' um, favor in the victory against San Jose. And it's interesting, we talk about the, the late 80s, early 80s. You got a lot of 90s babies on this Penguins roster. A lot of guys that make you and I feel a little bit older than we actually are. And I say that more for you than for me. No offense. Uh, Brian Rust, a guy born in 1992, Ron, uh, comes back into the lineup. Career high five point game. He gets the hat trick. Uh, you tack on the 14 day break for everybody. But then it was 11 games on top of that for Rust. How did he look in your mind? Uh, points aside, obviously a, a strong return. Yeah, no, he looked really good. He you know, obviously Brian's a very good player and some guy we we value very highly. And you know, Sid is not an easy guy to play with because Sid's so good. And and you know, reading off of Sid sometimes because his hockey sense is is so elite. To, he's not an easy guy to play with. Your motor's got to keep running. And Rusty did a heck of a job. I think that line. That line played very well with Jake and, and Rusty both coming back. I'm sure Sid was happy to have his guys back. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, he looked great. There was, uh, there was no rust on him whatsoever. I was waiting for it. I thought you might drop that. You set me up for that one. Yeah, that was that was the easy one. That was the tap-in back door. Uh, he was a big part of the victory, obviously, as the team has won now eight in a row, as I mentioned, longest win streak uh, in the NHL going into tonight's game against the St. Louis Blues. Um, when you look at this group, and, and I thought it was interesting, Chris Letang said it in practice on Tuesday, that it's kind of uh, you don't really realize or understand what the potential can be because you haven't seen yeah. the potentially full lineup together uh, yet this year. But how do you assess things now past 30 games into the season? You've won eight in a row. You know, you're on the cusp of the, the top three teams in the Metro. They keep winning as well. Yeah. Uh, but right in the mix as far as, uh, I guess, contender status is concerned to this point in the season. Yeah, I, I think when you look back at our injuries and COVID, and everybody's had a certain amount for sure, but I, there was a time where we had 
you know, Sid and Gino and Carter out at the same time, your, your top three centers. And, you know, we piece things together and guys battled through it and the whole cliche of next man up. Our guys have done a really good job, partly obviously because of our depth. And we've just had guys stepping up on, on different nights, whether it's Rodriguez or, or Heinen or, you know, Rusty the other night. Teddy Bluger's line was Zach and, and, and Brock. Like, we've just had guys kind of step out. Dom Simone's done some good things. I mean, you just look at it, and uh, guys have stepped up when, we, when we've when we needed them. Um, you know, our D there, we had, th- I think, three guys on the COVID list at one time, and guys, guys filled in and did a really good job. So I really like the chemistry we have within the group and really excited about getting, you know, getting Karts back and, and getting Gino back and – Zuck probably a little while after that, but Zuck back. So I uh, really like the look of it, and hopefully we can touch wood, stay healthy. I'll do that as well. Penguins look to continue the momentum here in 2022. They'll host the St. Louis Blues later on tonight, and much more to come here on the Penguins Radio Network. This is the GM Show. Welcome back to the GM Show. Penguins General Manager Ron Hextall with us ahead of the Pens matchup against the St. Louis Blues this evening. And, Ron, I know we won't see Evgeny Malkin tonight, but I think we're all eager to see him back in the Penguins lineup. And I think when we look at the short strokes here, the days are getting shorter as far as the number of days between his return to the lineup and when it could likely happen on where we sit right now. Obviously in practice here for the better part of the last week, looking pretty good for the Penguins in the process. Um, What do you anticipate as far as the timetable for his return to the lineup? I know he had said 10 days last week, but we obviously don't hold anyone to what they say. Things are always kind of fluid. Yeah, I think now we're, we're talking days now. Um, I'm not exactly sure when. We'll see what Doc says, see how Gino feels. It's kind of a, it's more of a day-to-day thing, certainly not a week-to-week thing. So certainly expect to see him here, assuming everything keeps going like it is in the very near future. He skated in practice on Tuesday in between Evan Rodriguez and Kasperi Kapanen. And as uh, everyone out there knows, he's been on long-term injury reserve this entire year. So his $9.5 million has been on the shelf uh, as a result of that. You guys also have an interesting roster situation develop on Tuesday with Drew O'Connor entering COVID protocol. So obviously, as you mentioned, it's not an immediate move that you guys would have to make with respect to tonight or even tomorrow against Philadelphia. Um, but when that does come, when the time does come for Evgeny Malkin to get back in the lineup, how do you anticipate um, working the cap situation for the team at that point? Yeah, it's uh, having Geno's nine and a half obviously has made it easier to call multiple players up. Uh, however, you have a 23-man roster, so we're going to have to. We got some work to do here in terms of getting down a 23-man roster and and getting you know with Geno in. Depending on what scenario, we don't have a whole lot of space there, but hopefully we'll have 14 forwards and and 70 available. And whenever he does come back, that'll be a good problem to have for you and your staff. Yeah, he's looked really good too. Like he's been skating here for a while, and he's skating really strong. So we're we're very optimistic about Gino right now. I think, Ron, too, it's interesting just watching the team at practice and starting to see the lines form and the names on those lines and then, you know, the depth appear on paper when you see these names pop out. How much do you let yourself get a little bit excited? I mean, obviously, as we said a few times, we knock on wood, but to see guys returning from COVID protocol, to see guys returning from injury, and to finally start to see the roster you've hoped to see from the start of the season. Yeah, it's really exciting. The one thing we knew at the start of the year is that Gino was going to be out for quite a while, so we were sort of resigned to the fact that we weren't going to see our team uh, healthy. 
Um, now that we're getting closer, I think we all get a little bit excited, but you got to temper that excitement and, and just try to continue to keep plowing through here and winning games. But obviously adding a player uh, of Geno's caliber, is, is it ups. He's going to make his line mates better. He's going to – all of a sudden you're going to check Crosby, you're going to check Malkin, you check Carter, you got Bluger. Like, I mean, our middle is really good there. Obviously we got Brian Boyle. Um, our wingers were deep on the wing, so we're real excited about seeing seeing our team healthy, and hopefully that uh, dream comes true for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we look forward to those days, hopefully not too far off uh, in the future. In the meantime, you guys have had guys step in and fill in roles admirably all throughout your lineup, really, since the start of the year, and it was no different on Sunday with Casper Bjorkquist making his NHL debut, yeah. and honestly, Ron, it kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit between the high-scoring game, the hat yes. tricks for uh, Rustin Rodriguez, but... Yeah first goal in his first game for Casper Bjorkquist and it was a long road for him to get there yeah it was, it was terrific when you hear the stories about his injury and he hasn't played many games and but the kid works his tail off he plays the game the right way he's a very responsible player he's a he's a he's a heavy player he's he's actually got a little bit of um you got a little bit of antagonizer in him, which we, we like something that we like to bring into the mix here so um, we look forward to him not a goal scorer to get a goal in his first game. I think it's great to get out of the way. <coughs> Excuse me, but he's just one of those guys that does all the little things well. Yeah, second-round pick for the Pens in 2016. Makes his NHL debut on Sunday and scores in the victory against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I did want to ask you kind of going off that, Ron, that so many guys, as I mentioned, have stepped into this team's uh, lineup and produced this year. And I think that that speaks to, you know, a little bit of the, the character of the guys in the room, but also the culture that's been established here that, you know, how often do you see it really when a, a guy comes onto a team and just fills a spot for a game or two? doesn't seem like that's happened this year. Guys come in and they produce. They find themselves on the score sheet. And it's not just mm -hmm. a one-off thing. It's seemingly an every-other-night thing. Yeah, our, our guys have done a really good job stepping up. You know, there's there's times where guys are playing probably a little higher in the lineup than they're used to playing. And when guys have done that, whether it's, you know, Heinen or, you know, Teddy's whole line or you know, Brian Boyle, like guys just just doing a really good job. And I think it's a, it's a tribute to our, our players, mm -hmm. but also our coaching staff and, you know, Evan Rodriguez. I mean, you, you just go through guys and you kind of like, you know, Brock McGinn does so many good things. And Zach Aston Reese, he's got one goal, but you know what? Zach played very well for us this year, the physical game and the penalty killing and the blocking shots. And uh, guys are really bought in right now. And typically when you have a successful season, guys are really bought in. You certainly sense that right now. Lots to like about the Penguins and where they're at right now through 31 games in the season. We're back with more with General Manager Ron Hextall after these messages on the Penguins Radio Network. This is the GM Show. Ron Hextall spending some time with us before the Pens battle the St. Louis Blues. And, uh, Ron, a lot to like about your team, as we mentioned. We talked about a few players in particular, and you mentioned one guy uh, before we went to our last break, Evan Rodriguez. And I think, you know, Phil Bork and I were saying after the last game that if you look back to the opening game in Tampa Bay and you then you move – two plus three plus months ahead to that game Sunday against San Jose you talk about consistent players every night for the Penguins and he's probably one of the first names out of everyone's mouth every game I mean that's the kind of season that he's had how much of a pleasant surprise has he been for you in that regard and then the production on top of it yeah no Erod's been he's been very good I think he's already got a 
career high in goals, right? That kind of tells you a lot of what you need to know right there. But I think uh, the, probably the most important thing with Erod is he's he's kind of filled in where we needed the help. He's you know he's obviously got skill. He can play the middle. Uh, he can play the wing. He can play the power play. So he he's been a he's been a nice surprise for us for sure. We were obviously aware of his skills. Um, probably number wise, he's he's outdone what we 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 thought he would do. But you know. The credit to him he's been around for a while he's getting to be you know a guy in his late 20s and is figuring some things out so he's done a terrific job for us the fit between him and the penguins just seemed to be great this year i know obviously there was you know some uncertainty if he was going to be a penguin comes back as a free agent this off season um you mentioned the the consistency in his game the career high in goals already do you ever think about a future for a guy like that with him here in pittsburgh or is that something you guys push to later in the season when you have to make all those big money decisions. Yeah, well, we've got a lot of decisions to make here, and we got to try and figure how we make everybody fit inside the cap. So mm-hmm. Erod certainly is a guy that we would have interest in, and I'm sure at some point here, whether it be in the near future or probably more next summer, we'll certainly talk. Well, you mentioned uh, Evan Rodriguez, a couple guys you brought in in the offseason, Brock McGinn and Danton Heinen. And I also found when I was looking this up before talking to you, you look at your forwards, and I know you've had the slew of injuries, you had the COVID bouts, Rodriguez, Heinen, and McGinn are the only three that have played in all 31 games. Uh, and two of them, obviously, as you mentioned, McGinn and Heinen came on board via free agent signings this uh, offseason. When you think about the dependability, what can you say about the durability of those three guys and how much their durability has meant to the cohesion of the Penguins lineup? Well, it's, it's, it's meant a lot because we've had so many guys out to have guys that you can count on every night. It's, it's been tough this year. You know, Sid, Sid comes off the, the surgery and then he comes back for one game <laughs> and he gets COVID. It just seems like, you know, Jeff Carter, COVID, and then he comes back and now COVID again. It's like it just seems like there's been no, no synergy with our lineup. But to have guys like that in every night to be able to count on, that's been a big plus for us. And again, you know, the, the depth that we have, and again, that's a credit to our players the depth the, that we've had and again guys moving up and doing a real good job maybe a little bit higher than they're even comfortable with sometimes and finding ways to win so um, re- really happy with the way the guys have responded to different situations and quite honestly we faced a lot of adversity this year and guys have plowed through it. Yeah they have and you mentioned the COVID situation still not out of the woods for the Penguins yet as Drew O'Connor entered protocol uh, on Tuesday morning but Tristan Jari out of it per Mike Sullivan, uh, Teddy Bluger out, Kasperi Kapanen out all within the last day or so. I assume those guys are now available, but just getting those guys back, particularly Jari in the season he's having, uh, how huge is that for you guys moving into what's an extended road trip here? Yeah, it's it's big. We've got a tough road trip coming up. we got back-to-back <laughs> games here and then head to Dallas and then out west, so we get a real tough road trip. we got a lot of strong opponents. we got travel, so having those guys back is going to be a, a big boost for us for sure. Um, so we're looking forward to it. We also, uh, Cart's come off the list today too, so we'll get him back skating and not sure exactly when he'll play, but it should be in the near future. It's good news all around for the Penguins on that front as they get ready for their next game, which comes your way in just over an hour as they're going to battle the St. Louis Blues, and we'll be back to wind this thing down with General Manager Ron Hextall next on the GM Show. Welcome back with Penguins General Manager Ron Hextall. And Ron, a big one against the St. Louis Blues tonight. Penguins will try to stretch that win streak to nine. They'll be in Philadelphia tomorrow as they play the second half of this back-to-back that begins this evening. Obviously, a lot has been made of your history there with the Flyers before coming to Pittsburgh. But uh, I wanted to step it away from the on-ice stuff and conversation, which we've had a lot of in the past. I know you probably have had it nauseum as well. Um, and look at it from the managerial perspective. And when you kind of look at it, 
um, in your own shoes. General manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, Ron Hextall. General manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Ron Hextall. Do you find yourself seeing any differences between the two uh, individuals now here in your role in Pittsburgh? Um, I, there's some similarities for sure, but I think in, in Philly when I took over, it was more of an an older team that had cap issues and a lot of things need to be fixed. So it was a different thing where we were sort of retooling on the fly there. So you're looking younger players draft picks and you come to Pitt here and it's it's a it's an older team, but it's a very good team and it's let's let's try and keep this thing going here. So I think you as a manager, you have to adapt and recognize the situation you're in. You can't just manage every team the same. There's there's different holes. There's cap ramifications. There's assets. How many young players do you have? How many prospects do you have coming? How good is your team? So there's so many different things. So the way you think in terms of managing this team is certainly a lot different than when I took over in Philadelphia. And obviously you'll get a chance to match up against the Flyers on Thursday night. And then we go out to Dallas and then west to California, which I assume for you uh, is always kind of an exciting trip to go back to the Los Angeles area where you spend some pretty memorable years uh, with the Kings organization, including a Stanley Cup championship. Um, do, do you look at it that way as a, a game you kind of circle on the calendar when you go back there? And when you are back there, do you reflect upon you know some of the memories that you had with the Kings? Yeah, I do. I was out there for seven years, so it was yeah. quite an extended stay. Um, it's a great place to live, and you know we had two of our four kids out there that kind of half grew up there, um, and you know we took over a team that that wasn't that great, and needed to be kind of rebuilt and rebuilt it, and to see that team go from, you know, one of the poorer teams in the league to winning the cup in in 2012 there was really exciting. I mean, anytime you have a chance to to win obviously it's a great thing but just seeing the whole process through and kind of seeing what you built all those years kind of reap the the benefits of it was was awesome so yeah I have a lot of fond memories I got a lot of friends out there and uh, I always look forward to going out yeah Dean Lombardi at the helm there in LA uh, is I assume that's a guy that's made an impact on your career anything else from that experience that's kind of shaped you from the management front since then well I I think yeah for sure like when I was in Philly prior to that um, it was kind of every year about just trying to win, trying to win, trying to win, and to go out to LA where we really had to rebuild that we, you know, we rebuilt the whole infrastructure of our staff. You know, a lot of new scouts, a lot of new people, a lot of hiring minor league coaches. Like, it was a, it was an upheaval there, and I learned a lot from that. The again, the hiring, and then also building a team, which we never really did in Philly. We just kind of kept trying to add and mm -hmm. so it was it, for my education it was it was terrific I enjoyed my time Dean's a very interesting guy he's a very sharp guy and he's a he's a really deep thinker so you you see th some things outside the box there and he's in like I said an interesting guy to talk to and to learn off of you mentioned that Stanley Cup championship in 2012 Kings also won in 2014 in 2019 the St. Louis Blues won their first ever Stanley Cup and there's a theme there Penguins Blues Kings all class of 67 Flyers too um, so we can always tie things together here on this show of yeah of course <laughs> but you mentioned uh, you know the Kings and obviously we move over to the St. Louis Blues who are the next opponent for the Penguins and just looking at this team on paper it's a lot different than the San Jose Sharks team that was in here on Sunday it's a big team uh, a heavy team but also a fast team and a pretty skilled team and I know that sounds kind of, kind of cliche but they really do seem to check every box uh, for what the Penguins are going to face here tonight. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough game. I think when you look at team, the, some of the top teams in the league, St. Louis is certainly be in that group. Um, watched them the other night, the Winter Classic there. They were 
pretty darn good team. So we're going to have to be ready to go. And I think these types of games, you look and you, it gives you a little bit of an assessment where you're at as a team. So we all look forward to tonight's game. I was looking at that game. Uh, you mentioned the Winter Classic. I did want to ask you, I think it was minus 19 at ice level. That's like child's play for Brandon Manitoba outdoor hockey, right? Or yeah, I, yeah, that's September. That's like, that's <laughs> nothing. Are you kidding me? They kept saying how cold it was. I'm like, that's not cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you are cultured. You are weathered with that. Uh, one last thing for you. The guy down on the St. Louis bench tonight, I assume you know pretty well, Craig Berube. Uh, anything you can share as far as maybe your just your opinion of what he's evolved into as a head coach, getting a second crack here in St. Yeah. Louis and obviously winning a Stanley Cup, making the most of it? Yeah, he's first of all, he's a terrific human being. I got a, a ton of respect for Craig Berube, but it's funny because when you see him as a player, I mean, he, he was a heavyweight. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what he did. And he, and he wasn't a great skater. He certainly wasn't fast or anything, but he knew how to play the game. He knew how to get pucks out. He read the game well. Like, he was a much smarter hockey player than a lot of the enforcers back then. And you could almost see then he had a, he had a strong belief in himself. Not cocky, but he had a strong belief in himself. And I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised the success he's had. He's a very good coach, and like I said, I know his players uh, would have a ton of respect for him. He did everything he's asking them to do. Um, he's a very uh, calculated guy. He's a sharp guy. He's got good poise, but he, he's a demanding guy as well. So again, I got a lot of respect for him. I think he's one of the top coaches. But you never really feared him coming down the wing with a shot in practice. No, I used to laugh at him coming down the wing. <laughs> but if he dropped his gloves, I wouldn't be laughing. Yeah, right. You run the other way. Me too. Uh, that, that's great. Uh, we look forward to this one tonight. The Pens and the St. Louis Blues at 730. Ron, always appreciate your time, and we'll talk again down the line. Good luck. As always, it's been a pleasure. All right, that is Penguins General Manager Ron Hextall. And a reminder, Phil Bork and I will take uh, the call for the Pens and the Blues on our air at 730. Before that, and coming up next is Penguins Live pregame with Paul Staggerwald. I want to thank our executive producer, Wayne Gretzky-Anderson. I'm Josh Getzoff. Enjoy the pregame show. Enjoy the game. And we'll talk to you later tonight for the Pens and the Blues on the Penguins Radio Network.